KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, March 1st. SDG&E customers will see lower prices this month. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The City of Chula Vista's Tenant Protection Ordinance goes into effect today. It's the first of its kind in the county. It limits no-fault evictions, increases the amount of relocation assistance landlords must provide tenants, and increases protections against landlord harassment and retaliation. The new law was passed by the Chula Vista City Council last fall. The City of San Diego is currently working on similar protections. Home sales in San Diego County were at a 35-year low in January. According to reporting by the San Diego Union-Tribune, more than 1,600 homes were sold in January. Rising interest rates are the main reason for the decline in sales. Also, less homes are for sale because homeowners are staying put to hold on to lower interest rates. In January, San Diego County's median home price fell for the eighth month to nearly $751,000. That includes resale single-family homes, condos, townhouses, and newly built homes. More stormy weather is in store for San Diego County today. We can expect cold temps and rain throughout the day. The National Weather Service also put out a wind advisory until 6 p.m. Gusts could reach 50 miles per hour. Heavy snowfall is also expected in our mountain areas today. Forecasters say to use extra caution when driving and to secure outdoor objects. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. SDG&E customers will see lower prices this month. Environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. SDG&E officials say the cost of natural gas in Southern California is falling again. The price was set at 60 cents a therm in March, which is significantly lower than the $3.45 customers paid in January. SDG&E's Anthony Wagner says the commodity price is back to its normal range. Historically, as we get out of January into February, March, April, and May, usage of gas in order to heat your home goes down. So the less you use actually depresses uh, the supply and the demand of the market. Wagner says customers who paid $225 for their gas bill in January can expect to pay about $85 in March. He says climate credits from the state's cap and trade program are also showing up in people's bills this month. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. As the U.S. Supreme Court considers arguments for and against President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan here in San Diego, those who are most impacted had something to say about the case. 
Education reporter M.G. Perez has more. The California State University system has supported the Biden loan forgiveness plan from the beginning for students in need at all of its campuses, as well as for students who are hoping to be accepted at a Cal State school. That includes 17-year-old Amarani Calderon, a junior at the Preuss Charter School for students from low-income families. She and her classmates toured the campus of San Diego State Tuesday, and she has a message for the U.S. Supreme Court justices. I don't think you should have to pay to go to school to pursue a career and be something in life where you want to give back to your community. I think you should be able to do that without having to pay for it. Calderon told KPBS News she plans to be a neonatal surgeon that could eventually cost hundreds of thousands of dollars in tuition once she graduates from high school next year. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. They can write essays for students, create art and music, and even help with office work. You may have heard of generative AI, like ChatGPT or Dolly, but what are they exactly? Reporter Jacob Ayer looks at how these complex machine learning algorithms are impacting San Diegans. Picture an online technology that, with a little human prompting, can write, code, create images and audio, and even make videos almost as good as we can. That's now a reality. They're called generative artificial intelligence systems. University of San Diego professor Anna Marbit explains how one of them works. You say, hi, ChatGPT, how are you doing today? And ChatGPT produces a probability for many different responses and then picks basically the highest probability response, and that's what it spits out. ChatGPT is the most famous version of generative AI. It's only been out since November, but already has more than 100 million users, including many high school and college students. I, and I would say students who are actively using it, at least, you know, maybe for one assignment a week, probably a third to a half. Manu Agni is a senior at UC San Diego. He says many students won't admit to using the AI tools because they feel guilty or they're unsure if it will get them in trouble. In fact, UC San Diego sent out a letter to students about artificial intelligence systems. Basically, they said if a professor isn't explicitly allowing it, it's not allowed. It's considered cheating. Agni says some UCSD professors have kept it banned, while others have given it a partial or full green light. Marbit says while the text-based systems can sound convincingly human, they're not perfect. The model can give false answers, um, can give answers that they actually are not supposed to give. So they've also been trained to, you know, not give harmful answers to questions. But you can trick them depending on how you prompt them. AI is also causing a stir in the art world. All of the copies of your face walk into a bar. Some local artists like Beck Haberstroh apply the technology in their work. But there is controversy over the way the systems are used. They're trained oftentimes on the work of artists or writers who are not being um, credited or compensated for that work. And so to me, that's a concern with how these kinds of programs might impact the arts community, broadly speaking. While some local artists are using generative AI to help create digital images and physical paintings, Haberstroh's works often question the ethics of the fast-growing technology. Who's well represented, who's not represented, who's made more visible by them, who's made less visible by them. So I think there's a lot of potential for 
exploitation the more and more that we use these programs. Agni compares the current quality of ChatGPT's writing to a talented sophomore in high school, but he says it notably can't do citations just yet. Still, Agni says its use goes beyond the classroom. For college application essays, for applications to graduate school, job applications, scholarships, you know, writing samples for a creative job, I mean, this, this thing has infinite uses. Marbet says rules and regulations for generative AI will be key as the technology is here to stay. But she did want to clarify one thing to people who are wary or scared about the so far unregulated technology. But I don't think that we as a society need to be worried about, you know, general artificial intelligence at this point. I think we're still a long ways off from that. And while UC San Diego warns against using AI, Agni sees it as a tool rather than cheating. Plus, he says, there's pressure to embrace generative AI or risk falling behind. I mean, I don't use it to complete assignments, but certainly when I've had writer's block or when I've needed some inspiration on a topic, it's, it's, it's too tempting. Marbit says the technology could impact many fields in San Diego over the coming years, such as business, science, healthcare, and even the media. But just to be clear, ChatGPT didn't help me write this story. And for now, I'm happy about that. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Coming up, how one brewer is trying to diversify the brewing scene. We'll have that story and more just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Thunderous windle rattling booms were again heard and felt across San Diego County Monday, on the heels of a similar event Friday, and the U.S. Geological Survey reported no earthquakes in our area. A local aerodynamics engineering professor offers one possible explanation. Here's military reporter Andrew Dyer with more. Now, when an airplane starts flying supersonically, that uh, there's a very defined line of a shockwave, a shock cone, and you hear it much more clearly. Joseph Katz is an aerospace engineering professor at San Diego State who uses a supersonic wind tunnel to test the aerodynamic properties of aircraft. Katz says that supersonic aircraft are likely suspects whenever shockwaves are felt and heard across San Diego County. If, if it's an explosion, then it decays with the distance, okay? 
if it's an airplane, then it's the same strength uh, following through, but it's going to be a very narrow line when the airplane goes through. So it will follow the airplane uh, flight path. Military officials have not offered any explanation for the booms heard Friday or Monday, although a Marine Corps official said routine flight operations are conducted daily. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. San Diego is a beer town. According to the Brewers Guild, there are more than 150 independent craft breweries here. What has long been missing from the craft brewing industry, however, is representation of brewers from ethnically diverse backgrounds. San Diego native and rapper Kemet Aki is trying to change that one beer at a time. He's a brewer at Second Chance Beer Company and hopes his work in the industry will help bring about a more inclusive brewing scene. My colleague Jade Heidman recently spoke with Kemet Aki about beer and music. Here's their conversation. So Kemet, what got you into brewing in the first place? Were you a big beer guy before becoming a brewer? Definitely. I was always a big beer guy, just not so much in the education of beer, just a big beer drinker. <laughs> Uh, was my interest for the most part. I got into the actual art of it by getting hired at Second Chance Brewery and um, started to learn more about the processing and just the different types of styles and the art behind the, the craft. And you got into brewing after spending some time in the Army. Uh, did your global travel spark any kind of interest or insight into brewing for you? Uh, well, definitely sparked interest that way was um, some traveling overseas. I was in Ireland, spent some time in there, and I tried some Guinness on tap. That was the first time I tried it on tap, and it was delicious. Changed my whole perspective of drinking Guinness beer. I was in Amsterdam and went to the Heineken brewery there. That was awesome. I got to bottle my own Heineken. I guess that would be the, the spark, actually, to, to what really got things going. Do you think you could pick out one style of beer as your favorite, or is that kind of like picking out your favorite child? <laughs> well, I don't have any children yet, so I would think that picking my favorite beer would be more like picking my favorite shoes. <laughs> but um, I think my favorite beer is West Coast IPA style. Listen, if I had to pick through my favorite pair of shoes, I don't know that I could do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's what I'm seeing. Like, that's the closest I can relate it to. I'm sure that's a very difficult choice. It's difficult. It's difficult. But but still, I'm impressed. West Coast. OK, a lot of people can find certain kinds of beer to be a little uh, inaccessible or even intimidating. So how do you encourage people to explore what's out there? Well, I try to encourage them to start light, you know, go with a light style choice. You know, we have lagers in the craft beer industry and those are easier, more approachable drinkers. And, you know, I think just easing in <laughs> instead of diving in as opposed to swimming, then, uh, you know, you might have a better experience. <laughs> and you've developed your own beer. It's a hoppy Kolsch called All I Want, and it was designed specifically for Black History Month. Talk a little bit about this creation. The All I Want Coach was created mainly to just educate and put awareness in the community about craft beer. And that's the whole reason I wanted to make a beer was just to, you know, 
educate more people on it, right? So I spoke to the owners at Second Chance about, you know, my my brand. Uh, my friends are rappers and um, that I was trying to do something different with my brand and separate myself from, you know, as just an apparel company. And uh, they were interested and we collaborated with Chula Vista Brewery that first year, did release party there and it was great turnout. And, you know, we brought a lot of local artists to the uh, release party and, um, you know, brought some new new music to the community. And so tell me a little bit more, like, where does the name All I Want come from? Um, All I Want came from just me thinking of like a jingle or, you know, something for the beer. And what I came up with was All I Want is a Second Chance. And it really just came naturally with me being at Second Chance. And so All I Want is a Second Chance beer. And so uh, that's pretty much what sparked the idea behind that. Ah, ingenious. So black and brown brewers are are often underrepresented in this industry. Why do you think that is? For me, I just think it's based off of the education. They're not really interested in things that they don't really know about, as well as, um, you know, the way that it is perceived to them and marketed even, because you don't see a lot of black and brown people in the industries, obviously, and you don't see so much of it being marketed to them um, in a way that they feel that it's organic and something that they can relate to. So I feel like, you know, that's something that I'm doing with All I Want is bringing an authentic feel to the craft beer industry or not even just the feel, just bringing authenticity from our community and bringing our community as a whole. And this beer is also a, a collaboration with your brand, All My Friends Are Rappers, which really boosts the local hip hop scene. Can you talk about why beer and music are such a perfect combination for you? Beer and music is such a perfect combination to me because I think a beer is like giving a gift to a friend or to a person or like a peace offering, you know, if you if you drink beer, you know, if you don't drink alcohol, of course, then, you know, we'll have to get you a, a fresh bottle of water. But I definitely think that, you know, just beers are cool to give to a friend and, you know, talk about your day, listen to music or just hang out with. Get back up on his feet, quick as lightning, then go hiking. fresher homie, I've been dope forever. That was rapper and Second Chance Brewer Kemet Aki speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Heineman. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Wednesday. Wednesday.